Hi, good morning, everyone. This is Seeking Sustainability Live. I'm JJ Walsh, your host in Hiroshima, Japan. And today I'm talking with Dan from Japan Trail Cam in Kirikyushu. Hi, everybody. Thanks for、uh, having me. I'm really excited to be here、uh, and looking forward to t a l k about Japanese wildlife. Yeah, awesome. Well, it's so great that you could join because I think we did talk a little bit about、uh, Japanese wildlife when we were talking with some hackers who had、okay. set up some trail cams around Japan and around the world, and they were talking about their cameras getting damaged. I know、oh. that you have, you have had experience with that as well, but I want to、yeah. know a little <laughs> bit as we start about you and how you got started in this trail cam adventure. Of course, yeah, of course. So,、um, yeah, well, again, it is、uh, me and、uh, a good buddy, a good buddy of mine.、Um, oh, let me turn that off.、Uh, named Wombat. So, my name is Daniel, and、uh, my good buddy from Australia, his name is also Daniel. <laughs> we're both, we're two Dans, right? So,、um, and、uh, we just decided to call him Wombat. But、uh, anyway, he actually has another YouTube channel that's all about、uh, hiking and outdoors in Kyushu. And he kind of started out,、um, you know, just doing the outdoorsy things, climbing mountains, and just kind of showing off、uh, the beauty of, you know, rural Japan. And within that, he kind of、uh, got into、uh, trail camps. And、uh, from there, he's like, I just want to start a new channel,、um, you know, YouTube channel, just purely based on trail cameras and whatnot. So we can go in to talk about like trail cams、uh, a little bit, what they are. You know, some people might have no idea what a trail camera is, but、um, yeah, that's kind of how we got started. It's、uh, my good buddy kind of was interested in it. And he said, Hey, do you want to come over to the Japan Trail Cam、uh, project that you want to start? And I was like, Heck yes, let's do that. So. Yeah, we can, we can you know, talk about it throughout the interview, but that's just yeah, something very yeah. quick.、Mm-hmm. Uh, before we dive into that,、sure. uh, I'd love to know a little bit for our audience about、mm-hmm. you.、Uh, so,、course. you said we have this mutual connection of Hawaii because you were studying Japanese in Hawaii before、of、you、course. came, right? Yes, of course, of course. Yeah, so、um, I lived in Hawaii from 2007 to 2017, so a full 10 years、uh, to the date. Um, but I moved to Hawaii to study Japanese.、Um, so I went to the University of Hawaii and I graduated with an Asian, Asian studies、uh, degree. Yeah, so I've been speaking Japanese for the past about 15 years. So, yoroshiku o n e g a i s h i m a s <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. there's a great、uh, Japanese and Asian studies department in Hawaii. Oh, very、um, good, yes. I, there's so many things I miss about Hawaii, but it's also great to be in Japan and it's not、mm-hmm. too far. Not to too far, to not too Hawaii, far.、Right? You know, again, with, with the state of the world right now, it's kind of impossible to move around. But when you can get to、um, Hawaii from Japan,、uh, I forget going and coming which way is faster because you have trade winds. So I think going is faster. Going there is faster, but you can probably get there in about six to seven hours. I mean, relatively, that's not too bad of a flight from, from Japan. So,、um, but it, Hawaii is definitely a very unique、uh, place. In the world, and I definitely recommend it to everybody. Yeah. For sure. Let's talk, let's talk about where you and the other Dan are of and course, where, most of、yeah. your, where most of your footage is from. So it's、of、from、course. Fukuoka. Can、mm-hmm. you give、Fukuoka. us a little lay of the land where you guys usually set up? 
Definitely, yeah. So we are located in Fukuoka, which is in Kyushu.、Um, so within Kyushu, it's kind of the southern island of Japan.、Uh, it looks like、uh, we have a map pulled up there, and you can kind of see where the little、uh, red marker is. So it's kind of the north. The northern part of Kyushu in Fukuoka. Specifically, we're in、uh, Kita Kyushu. Kita Kyushu, which is,、uh, translates to North Kyushu. North Kyushu. You can probably see it at the very top there、um, to where the main island of Japan, Honshu, and、uh, Kyushu connect around Kita Kyushu and Nogata.、Uh, anywhere you see green, Um, we have probably been trekking around those mountains. You know, we're always kind of looking around, diving into different forests and whatnot, different mountains,、uh, to try to find spots to put our trail cameras、uh, in the woods there. So, and it kind of depends. Like sometimes we'll go a little bit up the mountains, sometimes we'll find more of a farm area.、Uh, it's very rural. It's rural.、Uh, it's not、uh, too much of a trek up. Um, but uh, yeah, we, we, we look for green patches、uh, away from the cities because, as you know, most people know, you know, Japan is known for Tokyo and Osaka and you know, those very big mega mega cities.、Uh, we are more focused on kind of the, the not the unseen, but you know, kind of the areas that you know, people just don't associate with Japan. You know, the, the, the outdoors, the green, the nature.、Um, because I think the nature in Japan is also very unique. Very, very unique um, um, ecosphere, um, atmosphere, atmosphere, echo,、uh, ecosystem. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> so, very, very unique, very unique. And we're just, we're just so excited. And you know, we're getting out in nature, which we, we try to advocate for. You know, get, get out in nature because、um, it's awesome. You know, <laughs> definitely. I, I love this, this picture that、uh, you、sure. shared on your social media.、Um, <laughs> me checking my trail cam for the first time, me checking my trail cam for the 7,431st <laughs> time.、So、yeah, that was. It's all that was Wombat. That was all Wombat. He created that, and that, that was great. I love that. Yeah, and I, you know, we, we had a great chuckle about that because、um, I, I guess I can show you really quick what a trail camera is. This is a trail camera. So, it is just a, a camera that you can strap to a tree, right? And、um, we'll leave this out in the woods for like、mm, the, the shortest we would leave it out was about two weeks. The longest we leave these out is about、um, a month. And here's another example of a, of a trail camera as well.、Uh, many, many different um, um, what? Like different types of trail cameras.、Um, so that can get kind of addicting. You know, it's just like a regular, like Sony and, and Canon and Panasonic. You know, there's so many different camera brands. But anyway,、um, it's, it's so fun. You put it out in the woods, you wait for two or three weeks, and you go back, you open it up, and you're like, whoa, I got this amazing clip of a wild boar and、uh, like seven little babies, you know, like seven little, little wild boar babies, which are super cute, you know, or、um, you'll catch. Kind of a tanuki, a tanuki,、um, as you know, if, if no one knows, is a Japanese raccoon dog and it's an endemic and native species to Japan. So,、uh, and it's most people know tanuki as they have, I don't want to say anything kind of too weird, but in Japan, tanuki are known to have very large testicles. I said it, but you know, that's that's you know,、uh, <laughs> I hope that's okay to say,、of、but、course. that's. That in Japan, you know, look up tanuki anywhere you want to look up tanuki, but they're the, the Japanese lore is that they have very big testicles, you know.、Um, in real life, they don't actually, but anyway, kind of 
random rant that way, but we leave these out in the woods for a good two weeks to a month. And when we go check it again, it's just so amazing to see what you caught, you know, it's, yeah. Can I, I, can say I ask like, you about that? So if you say you leave the camera out there for two weeks, is it like motion activated the camera? Because that would be a heck of a lot of footage, right? Yep. Yep. Definitely. So again, uh, I can kind of show you really quick again, right here. This is the sensor right here. Okay. So it's a motion sensor uh, and what it will do. Uh, and some of the sensors are slightly different. So you can see the sensor on this one. There's, one, two, three sensors right there. Yeah. Uh, and it's a motion sensor. So think about it as kind of like on like someone's house. If you walk up to the house and lights will pump, will just pop on. Um, something kind of like that. Instead of just lights, it will uh, it will trigger the camera. So the camera will actually just turn on. So you can see right here, um, these are infrared lights. And it's it'll be easier to see on this camera here. If you can see all these right here, these are infrared lights. So it um, basically will emit the infrared light. The animals can't see it because, you know, it's infrared light, right? But it um, will trigger the camera. So you kind of get the night vision, I guess you can see, like kind of the black and white um, of them. Most of the animals that we see are very nocturnal. So it, it really, really helps out that, uh, you know, we can catch them um, at night and we can see what they're doing uh, at night. So definitely, yeah, they are... Um, motion sensor so if something walks by uh the camera will trigger and turn off so it's on standby on standby most of the time so it, it conserves battery and, and whatnot yeah and they're waterproof mm -hmm. and everything like that um not waterproof but water resistant so um you know it, we leave it out i mean two weeks is like kind of the minimum on average we're leaving them out for about a month three to four weeks you know i think we've had a i've had a cam out for over a month and a half maybe at one time so definitely now do you yeah. do you have any issues with security because i i don't think these cameras are cheap right you yeah, ever had so a camera go missing this one's about 300 dollars. so uh that one's a little bit expensive this one's about a hundred dollars and you know there's it's just like any other kind of cameras you have different features and stuff like that so we have never had any cameras go missing i've actually had japanese people walk straight up to my camera you know walk straight up to it and um uh, what, what happens there is they just kind of look at it and walk away. And I think that is because we live in Japan. Uh, in the trail camera genre, uh, I, I'm calling it a genre, but the trail cam hobby, um, kind of taking another step back, the main one of the main reasons um, these cameras exist as hunting cameras. So we, we're not hunters. We have no, we have no experience hunting. We have no interest in hunting. We don't, you know, we don't, condone it we don't we're not against it you know but anyway we don't use it for hunting uh so people people will set these up in kind of areas that they want to track animals that they potentially want to hunt so that's one of the main things uh in the united states there is a problem of people finding these and then just nicking them you know taking them in japan it's japan you know people will find a wallet with money in it at a very busy train station with tens of thousands of people and they will turn it into the police so that's a, that's that one of the amazing? things that is very yeah. unique with Japan. It would not happen anywhere else in in it's, the world. It's I think. always it's interesting mm -hmm. to me uh, working in the travel industry, and whenever I see mm -hmm. tourists walking around with the backpack mm -hmm. in front, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> I, I think they just came. They, they don't just know. Came. 
they have no, no idea. They They've been to Europe where, you know, Europe, depends. you have to protect, you know, your yeah. stuff. But in Japan, you know, again, I actually lost not necessarily a wallet, but I had some train tickets in there that anybody could use. Anybody could, you know, use those train tickets if they wanted to. But, you know, I lost it the next day, got a phone call or I went to a lost and found, registered my information next day. Hey, we found it. You know, people could have nicked those train tickets and used them, you know. But, yeah. you know, they they didn't. It all came yeah. back to me. So it's a wonder, we have no problem with, with them. Being uh, in Japan. Yeah. Traveling yeah. in Japan, too. Uh, mm -hmm. You do have some animal mm -hmm. interactions with your camera. Yeah. Uh, the picture you have right here. Which might uh, set off the angle. Have you ever yep. had a camera destroyed? When we were talking with Akiba mm -hmm. about uh, he's setting mm -hmm. up his cameras in mm -hmm. this, uh, like safari areas, you had mm -hmm. some animals that would just totally destroy it. They were so interested. They wanted yeah. to get inside of it. <laughs> yeah. So we've never actually had any animals um, destroy our cameras, but they have definitely, like the picture you saw right there, that was a wild boar. Wild boar, they they have amazing senses of smell. Like their eyesight is horrible, right? But they can smell like crazy. They can smell just anything, you know? That is their main sense of direction, right? Um, so this one, I had it kind of set at an angle and just a wild boar, he just kind of came up and sniffed it and just mangled it, right? But these things are actually pretty sturdy pretty dang sturdy um so they just kind of knock it off off angle they'll get it their noses are usually muddy and wet so it's it'll be all muddy and dirty and we just wipe that off so we've never had any animals um destroy uh or uh ruin our cameras um, another thing too uh raccoons raccoons like common raccoons uh which are an invasive species in japan um they will come up and they'll just try to you know get their little fingers on the trail camera and stuff like that but they never they never um um you know destroy the camera or anything like that we've actually kind of connected with another uh, youtuber here in japan who's in the north of japan um we want to catch bears right so we in japan there is a native species of bear which is called the um the asiatic black bear in japanese it's called skinowa skinowa guma so it, it's a black bear that has a a kind of white crest uh, and a crescent moon shape on its uh, chest. So we want to catch those bears, but they don't exist. They, they're extinct in Kyushu. They used to be in Kyushu, but there's no Asi Asiatic black bears. Um, Ursus tibetanus um, is the scientific name, but uh, there's no um, black bears in anymore so we've sent a trail camera we've sent one similar to this to another youtuber in the north i believe he's in iwate so more more north where there are bears so um as we know bears are much bigger <laughs> so you know there is maybe a potential for a bear to do some damage um to to a camera if they kind of get up and they want to they want to chomp on it i would imagine a bear could could probably do some damage uh and eventually a long-term goal is to get up to hokkaido get up to Hokkaido where they actually have brown bears uh, which are much bigger than uh, Asiatic black bears um, so uh, again you know bears might be able to do something like that but there is a, another big community of uh, trail cameras trail cameras um, that do reg get regular bear shots and most times the bears just kind of wander by you know do their bear things and stuff like that so uh, I haven't really seen any um, animals really destroying uh, cameras but 
I would imagine it could happen. Yeah, but we've never had anything like that. But in safari areas, uh, you're mentioning like another a person yeah. you interviewed they had it in safari area. Yeah, I would imagine, you know, if they're getting like lions and like hyenas and stuff like that, like could be a different ball game yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah. yeah, we actually we talked with a, a coach <laughs> who moved uh, out of Tokyo about an hour, 90 <laughs> minutes away and a beautiful okay. area called Minami Kami. And Minami he, Kami. Okay. he had an interaction with a bear um, oh, wow. where he was slightly injured, but he realized the the mother bear was protecting its cubs. And then mm -hmm. later he was really distraught to uh, know that that same bear was trapped and killed. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. it made him become more of an activist about the need to uh, think about wildlife conservation and protecting these animals uh, as we encroach on their habitat. Is that something that you've kind of over time, the more that you do these trail cams, are you thinking about um, conservation a little bit as well? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So we actually kind of, um, we talk with another kind of, uh, we've never done any projects um, with a um, another YouTuber. Anyway, there's a, 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 a YouTube channel that's in Nagano, which is I think Pichio is what they are. And they're all about wild bear, uh, Asiatic bear conservation, right? And uh, relocating. So basically, if a bear is kind of um, spotted in more of a populated area, they will actually go out and trap it and then release it um, into into an area that is you know away from from human uh, from humans, right? Um, so they're an amazing uh, YouTube channel that you know we've kind of we've just just been friendly with um, and, and whatnot. So we definitely we follow that. And we just think it's so amazing, right? Um, kind of talking about some of the animals that we see. Um, I've caught a Japanese night heron um, a few times uh, on trail camp. They are very, very extremely endangered. Uh, there's estimated of less than a thousand birds, right? Uh, and they're kind of like a forest marshland heron, a smaller kind of heron. Uh, I forget the name in Japanese, Ooh, but uh, a Japanese night heron, right? Uh, and their their habitat is kind of kind of Kyushu, Okinawa. Hong Kong, a little bit of Taiwan, but I think they're they're a little they're migratory as well, the birds. But you know, it's just amazing to catch, you know, an animal on that and to kind of, you know, record it because, you know, less than a thousand birds, like I don't want to, you know, say anything and I don't want to, you know, foreshadow anything, but that's not very many animals, you know, not very many birds left of these Japanese night herons, you know. It's really again, it's important mm -hmm. on many levels yeah. uh, oh, to yeah. document uh, what course. you're doing and showing what mm -hmm. is in the forest. And sometimes uh, you show tanuki that looks mm -hmm. sick or other oh, yeah. animals um, that mm -hmm. look too thin. I, this mm -hmm. is all important documentation. Definitely. I notice you have mm -hmm. collaborated with, mm -hmm. is it Animal Logic? They yeah, share Animal Logic. Yeah, Animal Logic. They reached out to us. They saw a bunch of our uh, our, our uh, Tanuki uh, footage, and Animal Logic is a huge, huge YouTube channel. I think a couple million uh, subscribers uh, or something like that. But they reached out to us. They saw they saw some of our uh, our Tanuki footage, and they just happened to be doing a Tanuki uh, video. And they said, "Hey, can we use uh, some of your clips?" And they actually used quite a bit of our clips. Uh, and it was just really fun um, because I think they actually they're they're a big uh, community and I think they might actually have some researchers and, and whatnot that actually 
know more than we do because we're just we're definitely we've learned so much um, by starting uh, kind of this hobby because we're we're not any experts by any means, but we're learning so much because it's opened our eyes to just to a new world, basically. Uh, and, you know, we read on every single animal that we catch. Uh, we read, you know, kind of their their moving habits and their mating habits and their hibernating uh, when they're hibernating and how they breed. And, you know, we're reading so much because we want to catch them on film. We need to get to know the animals. Right. We get to we need to understand the animals to be able to catch them on film. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Animal Logic, they, they reached out to us. They did an amazing job on on Tanuki uh, and, and kind of explaining Tanuki and kind of sharing uh, you know, the actual side of Tanuki, you know, there is the, I kind of mentioned before, kind of the mythological in, in Japanese uh, mythology, Tanuki are very big, and they've been they've been a part of Japanese mythology. I, I don't know, but I would go out to say 1000s of years, hundreds of years, at least hundreds of years that Tanuki have been part of, you know, Japanese culture and in popular culture and, and uh, whatnot. So you, definitely you animal logic was great. Yeah. You often see the tanuki uh, statues in front of restaurants or yeah, hotels, in front of udon right? places and yeah, and whatnot. Udon and a lot of folklore and yeah, a lot stories. of folklore. Mm -hmm. I, I love your engagement on your YouTube channel with your audience yeah. and asking uh, which animals people enjoy watching more. Uh, let's mm -hmm. let's look at that. So the most sure. popular answer I chose wild boar. I love watching the wild boar. They yeah, so the wild character. boar are great. Um, they have so much the character. Number yeah. one answer mm -hmm. is the raccoons and the tanuki. That and was the interesting. Tanuki. Yeah, yeah, the tanuki are great. Definitely raccoons because raccoons are just raccoons and they're hilarious. Um, you know, they just they do funny stuff. Also, the tanuki. I think tanuki because again they are very Japanese. They're very unique uh, to Japan, um, and uh, they're an endemic. Uh, not endemic, but they are a native species uh, to Japan. Here, uh, they're. Actually, tanuki are an invasive species in Europe. Um, they were taken over to Europe um, as part of kind of a fur trade. They were on fur farms and uh, and whatnot. And some got away, and now they're very they're very invasive. You know, tanuki are very rugged, very hardy, very adaptable uh, animals and whatnot. Yeah, but uh, wild boar. I definitely agree with you. Wild boar. They make for good videos. Um, they are rambunctious. You know, they have so much personality. They they can run like crazy fast um, and, you know, they roll around in the mud and, you know, uh, sometimes they'll bring their babies into the shot, you know, six or seven babies uh, in the shot, you know, for sure. For sure. Wild boar are great. Yeah. Uh, this is something mm -hmm. you must see all the time, but uh, mm -hmm. what what do the animals eat? Because I often, if I go on a trail, mm -hmm. I'll see yeah. the trail has been dug up. So I know yep. that's probably the wild boar looking for grubs or insects. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, you hit it right on the, the head deer, there. Yeah, definitely. The deer mm -hmm. might be eating some of the tree bark or, mm -hmm. or plants. Um, raccoons and tanuki. Can you just tell us a little bit? What do the animals eat that you've noticed? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, sure. For for each animal, definitely. It's obviously going to be very different. Um, but um, tanuki are very advantageous and raccoons are very advantageous. They will eat. If it moves, they will eat it, basically. Um, they will eat bugs, snakes, lizards. Um, they'll eat carrion. So if they find, they come across a, another animal that has passed away, they'll eat that. Um, anything, you know, raccoons and tanuki. 
Uh, raccoons are a little bit of a problem um, because, again, they're an invasive species and sometimes they'll eat native species of like crawfish uh, and some crustaceans and whatnot that are in uh, some rivers and whatnot and potentially uh, fish as well. Tanuki uh, have actually been known to dive, uh, dive, um, you know, not deep, but they'll actually dive deep into um, um, the water to catch fish or any other kind of uh, aquatic um wildlife uh deer obviously yeah the deer will eat um you know leaves and, and grass and vegetation and you hit it on the head deer will actually pull bark off trees so that's another uh, way we locate animals we look for signs um you know because you you can just go out into a forest and put it on a tree but we're getting much better at saying ah this is definitely a wildlife hot spot so we have to put a camera here so deer will do that they'll pull off bark um and, and chew on the bark a wild boar um, they'll eat kind of uh, nuts and um, what other other fruits and flowers and vegetation and uh, mushrooms. They'll eat uh, certain types of mushroom uh, and other kind of forage, uh, stuff like that. Uh, another um, animal we see is um, marten, marten or weasels or uh, Japanese marten. Uh, again, they are they are vicious hunters, uh, Japanese marten, and they're beautiful. They're like a beautiful orange color, uh, and they will prey on birds and, and whatnot. And I think um, there is actually another invasive uh, species, a Siberian weasel, that um, uh, I mentioned the Japanese night heron is kind of really com competing and really hurting uh, the Japanese night heron because those Siberian weasels will actively go uh, and, and destroy their nests and grab their eggs and whatnot so yeah definitely you know there's different you know each animal has you know their um their different uh diets but uh yeah they just kind of forage you're definitely right with like the wild boar the wild boar constantly have their noses to the ground and are just sniffing sniffing the ground and you know foraging for for tidbits for nuts wow. and, and other forage yeah that's so interesting. And I yeah. noticed you're mm -hmm. setting up your camera uh, to get a lot of different animals coming to the same area would be around mm -hmm. a watering hole. Is yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we uh, in Japanese, that's called a nutaba, nutaba. And you can flex your Japanese uh, on people because most Japanese people are not going to know what a nutaba is. They're like, oh, what? You know, they have no idea what that is because it's a very specific word um, only for that, but it's basically a watering hole or a wallering spot. So when we find that, you know, we see, we'll see hoof prints, we'll see wild boar kind of a hoof print because uh, wild boar and pigs, they kind of have like kind of the, a standard kind of three prong kind of looking hoof. Uh, we'll see hoof prints there and you'll see kind of areas that have been flattened out uh, by just big wild boar just kind of, you know, rolling around in the mud there and the reason they do that the wild boar do that is to um basically uh, rid their body of, of of like fleas or ticks uh dead skin old hair uh and it's also kind of helps cool them down in the summer months and also can kind of um be kind of like a sunscreen um you'll see like you know on on wild monthly docu documentaries where elephants are throwing dirt or or uh, hippos will roll in mud cover themselves in mud it's it can it can work as a um yeah just like that picture that it's on screen there. Um, uh, the wild boar will kind of just roll around in the mud. And those areas are hot spots for, for wildlife because, um, you know, the wild boar use it to drink. They also use it to kind of bathe, I guess you can say. But other animals will actually use that uh, to, to drink water. Um, and tanuki, 
they will usually find like insects and uh, worms and whatnot around that area, kind of those kind of marshy kind of areas. So when we find a new taba or we find a watering hole or something like that, that is a very big key indicator um, of that wildlife is going to be in that area. Once we find it, you really have to be strategic on where you place your camera, right? Sometimes we've found amazing water hole, but there's no place to put a camera because we're relying on nature to be our tripod. We hook this to a tree, right? If there's not a good tree, you know, it's, it's like, dang, I really want a camera in this spot, but there's just no, no way to be able to feature the wildlife in a, a good way. Like you'll just get a bunch of wild boar butts, you know, you'll, you'll just get a bunch of butts, you know, and it's, that's fine, but I, we want to see the cute faces and the ears and, and everything like that. We just don't want behinds, you know? So, so yeah, that's so another in challenge. That case, you wouldn't set up a tripod or anything artificial. You want yeah. to use something that's already there naturally. Is that right? Definitely. We want to try to use uh, nature to to um, set up our trail cameras for a couple of reasons. You know, the as you can see, like this is, you know, camouflaged. This is, you know, kind of got some camouflage in there. But if you're putting kind of like a tripod out there, it's not natural to the area. Obviously, this isn't natural as well. But having something that is big and and unnatural in that kind of environment, we feel like it would probably deter the wildlife from, you know, being in that area. Uh, wild boar, again, they can smell like I'm touching this camera right now. They'll be able to smell kind of the oils. Um, you know, my hands are clean, right? I just literally just use hand sanitizer, but they'll be able to smell that. And if they get one little whiff of something that is not natural, they're gone. They, they take off, you know, everybody thinks wild boars as these kind of vicious, crazy animals but they're really not like that they're very skittish you know yeah. um you still have to be I, careful with it it is a wild of animal course. yeah but, and some of, you know, some of them are so big and really oh, yeah. scary um but mm -hmm. you know i mm -hmm. think they're gorgeous creatures and like we I said before so much character uh we so we have someone mm -hmm. joining from your channel uh hey mo great to you can join from the u.s thanks for joining and richard from facebook has awesome. said we have uh, bears in Hiroshima's forest. That's true. yeah, very good. Yeah, <laughs> reading Japanese is not my forte. <laughs> it, kanji is just everybody's nemesis. Even Japanese people, hard. Yeah. even Japanese people have can't even read their own language. Yeah, so <laughs> that's awesome. I'm I'm really glad that a couple of people kind of clicked over from our community as well. Yeah, that's so, wonderful. Yeah, uh, but one again, of, one mm -hmm. of the things on on your YouTube channel, uh, mm -hmm. just to mention here, you've been doing a lot of these short videos. Have you found a lot of traction using the shorts? Yeah, the shorts. Yeah. yeah, it's very hit or miss. We actually had a couple of them just really take off um, because YouTube that's a whole different, you know, kind of topic as well. But, you know, YouTube is trying out this uh, shorts, uh, I think, to probably compete with, you know, TikTok and kind of these other short form video creation apps, I guess. I don't know if I'm articulating that well, but I think most people would probably understand. But they're experimenting with that and they're they are promoting videos. The algorithm is is kind of promoting videos a little. I don't want to say a little bit more fairly, but um, their, their algorithm is still learning, right. Um, on what kind of content they want to, to push out to a lot of people. So we've had a few videos that done really, really well. We actually had one that, uh, just 
two days ago. Got about 800 some odd views. Um, and it's you can tell when it goes on and goes off. You know, the algorithm will literally just cut the video off. You know, it's like building, building, building views, building, building views. And algorithms algorithm says, all right, enough. Boom. The videos stop. And I think that that's because YouTube, the algorithm will put it on the short shelf, I believe is what they're calling it. The shelf and uh, they'll kind of push it through because obviously YouTube, the algorithm wants to keep people on their platform as long as possible. So if people are, you know, if their algorithm decides, oh, this video is going to keep bringing in a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of people, they'll keep our video on the short shelf for longer. So we've had, um, you know, varying success. It's very hit or miss, um, but we're just super excited to kind of share very unique interactions with our trail cameras that we think are cute. And um, I think one that did well very recently was a wild boar mama and just literally had a trail of seven or eight little wild boar just kind of trickling right behind her. It was so cute. You know, the wild boar, the, the little the babies, um, you know, they're, they're super cute, you know, again, wild boar kind of going on another tangent, they can kind of be a problem because they're, they can breed very rampant. Um, there is a native species of wild boar in Japan, but a lot of them are invasive, uh, as well. There's the Eurasian, uh, wild boar, uh, that was just kind of brought in and, um, they can kind of be a little bit of a problem. I've firsthand seen, um, kind of, uh, bank erosion, from wild boar we talked about earlier how wild boar will kind of rub uh in in kind of these uh wallowing areas um i've had a camera in an era for about two months and i've i've can really see like the the bank just really slowly going back and i've seen smaller trees that you know in the video were straight up in my camera they were in the frame and they were straight up but i come back a month later like since the bank is eroding they're so close to the bank that the tree is kind of you know falling over and whatnot and huge trees will fall over just because the wild boar will wallow and and just constantly use that spot and trees will fall over but again that's kind of a natural part of of forests you know the animals yeah. taking care of it so um just yeah, to catch catch mm -hmm. mo up uh asking where you are so in the mm -hmm. southern island of kyushu i'm yep. showing the map again here and uh yeah talking about wild boars uh, mm -hmm. as something that a lot of uh, local rural communities or farmers will complain about. I also talked to mm -hmm. Chuck Kayser, who's an organic farmer in Shiga, and mm -hmm. he is constantly fighting with the monkeys. And I yes. know that you have documented monkeys. Monkeys are very smart. They know how to get over fences and steal all of your vegetables. So it's always that balance, right? How do we live in balance with nature? Of course, uh, in yeah. This world, right? Definitely, yeah. It's always a, a balance, you know. Kind of, you know, the monkeys were probably there first, <laughs> you know. Um, we're kind of encroaching on their territory, definitely. Um, but yeah, the monkeys are are a very big one um, for for farmers here. And uh, what a lot of farmers will do is they'll set off firecrackers, just set off like big firecrackers when monkeys are in the area, and it goes pop 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 pop. I've actually seen that uh, firsthand, and the monkeys will just kind of scatter. And, and whatnot um, because the monkeys, they, the, the Japanese macaques uh, and there are a few invasive species of monkeys in Japan as well, but the Japanese macaques that are endemic, not endemic, but are native to um, uh, Japan. Yeah. They definitely, you know, farmers are, are at, at, at battle, I guess you can say with, with the Japanese macaques, you know, and the macaques, you have to be careful with them because they can, they can be pretty vicious. They have some very big canine teeth that you just don't want, and they're going to be much faster than you. 
obviously, you know, uh, and if you're in their backyard, you know, if you're in an area that's wooded, you know, that's their, that's their grounds, you know, their trees, they're, they're much more well adapted to move around in that landscape than you are. I've had a little bit of a close call with a monkey, uh, in the forest. I was kind of walking on the trail and there was a monkey and he kind of barked at me and kind of, went, oh, oh, you know, kind of, he didn't charge me, but I, I, I kind of stood my ground and said, Hey, and you know, he, he scattered off, you know, but you know, monkeys are one of the ones you have to kind of. Uh, be careful with I'm I'm a little bit more concerned with monkeys than I are with wild boar right wild boar if you threaten them if they are if they feel threatened and you are actively trying to kind of threaten the wild boar they're going to come after you right you, like on YouTube and I hate these videos you know of people trapping and killing wild boar and stuff like that and actually showing the killings on YouTube and that's just horrible it's just not the content that I, I want to watch but unfortunately there's an audience for it but you know the wild boar go nuts and they're, they're trying to, you know, kind of come after you, but obviously it's survival mode for those, for those, um, for those wild boar, you know, but if you, if you see, you know, and sometimes you'll see the wild boar like in the city, uh, and they'll kind of attack people and stuff like that. But you're thinking from it, from a wild boar perspective, they're out of their element. They're out of their mind. They're scared. You know, that's why they are attacking like wild boar are not going to attack you because they want to. Right. That's not their nature. They're going to run away at all costs. But if they that's feel right. threatened, they're going to come yeah. after you. Even That's even something mm -hmm. that humans have, right? The fight or flight. Fight or so flight. If they, that's basically if what it is. If they feel yeah. they can't escape, then they're going to try to fight. Exactly. Um, exactly. I so, really like this PSA that uh, mm -hmm. you guys did about don't leave your junk food in the forest. Yeah. Um, in Hiroshima, we we have an island near us called Rabbit Island, nicknamed mm -hmm. Rabbit Island, and a lot of people will feed um, snacks or things that you're not really naturally gonna get mm -hmm. for the the rabbits that are there. So mm -hmm. they changed, and the the local shops will actually give rabbit food and say, please only if you're gonna feed them, give only this natural rabbit food. And I'm really happy to see that. Um, but it's, it is really disheartening when you see people feeding the deer on Miyajima. It used to happen a lot, uh, feeding monkeys. And then mm -hmm. when the animals kind of go nuts and try to get the human food because they're used to it, they want it, yep. and it's mm -hmm. not healthy for them, um, it mm -hmm. becomes a problem. And then they get angry. So it's just much better not to feed yeah. the animals human food, right? Definitely, definitely. You know, in those places like Nada and, and other places like that, like feeding the deer, it's definitely become a tourist attraction, you know, and that's, it is what it is. I'm not saying I'm against, I'm not saying I'm, I'm for it, you know, it is what it is, you know, same thing with kind of the rabbit island you're talking about. And, and I think even in Kyoto, they have a few monkey parks and, you know, Japan has a lot of those, you know, like those kind of animal, they have like Neko Cafe, like cat cafes and owl cafes and you name it. They probably have some sort of wildlife cafe, you know, and it's pretty unique to Japan, I feel like, you know, so I, I don't know. I have no interest in, in kind of those. I, I would rather, you know, same thing with zoos. I'm not really for zoos. I'm not really against zoos. You know, I have a I have a toddler. He loves the zoo and I'm totally fine with that. You know, uh, I'm not a hardcore like kind of activist like get rid of zoos you know I, I, that's not me but we don't want to feed wildlife you know they they'll lose a little bit of their wildlife their their natural tendencies to look for their own food to you know live for themselves they'll they'll start getting closer and closer and um, to you know kind of the the 
you know, are where we're living, you know, because we are already encroaching on their lands, you know, they're going to keep coming closer to us if we keep feeding them, you know, and this video uh, that that Wombat made, and you can kind of see Wombat, he's the other guy, um, he's the other half, because it's two-man team that we run, run the channel with. Uh, it was kind of a, in response to another YouTube channel where this guy, that's all he does is leave junk food. You know, he's he's doing it for kind of the uh, sensationalism, you know, leaving a whole like Costco chicken out or leaving like a full like McDonald's meal or a full pizza out into the woods to see what, you know, wildlife would do. And they just eat it like that. That's really like it. I don't know why people are so interested in seeing it. But it gets lots and lots of traffic, you know, it's because it, it's a great thumbnail image and people are like, oh, what what happens, you know, and they just eat it, you know, um, there's really nothing too special about it. But it it pulls I think another video he had like a like some sort of watermelon that he covered with peanut butter and stuck peanuts in it and stuff like that made it just a very wild sensationalized like thumbnail and got lots and lots of, you know, hundreds of thousands of if not millions of views, you know, so that was kind of our our. You know, we are, we're a very small channel compared to that big channel that had million. I don't want to say millions, but had hundreds of thousands of subscribers and stuff like that. And we just want to do a kind of tongue in cheek and say, hey, look, we have this. We're not going to leave it in the forest because that's not responsible. You know, don't feed wildlife. I mean, they they're more than capable enough finding their own food, you know, that's that they're used to eating. Right. Um, they could have allergic reactions. You know, animals have allergic reactions just like human beings do, right? They could be allergic to something that's, you know, in the preservatives and all the unnatural things that they're not used to eating. Um, you know, nine times out of 10, they're probably going to be fine, but they just shouldn't be eating it, you know? I've I've uh, seen recently even mm -hmm. uh, don't don't feed the birds your your toast mm -hmm. or your bread mm -hmm. uh, because it's it doesn't have enough nutrition in it for them yeah. and they will choose the the bread instead of worms or things which are mm -hmm. more natural and nutritious for them yeah, um, I've so definitely even, heard that too, yeah. even something which seems really fun to do and I know some people love doing that um, mm -hmm. it's just better to let them eat from their own natural environment right yeah definitely you know and most people probably know as well that you know if you're feeding birds in a public area and sometimes the birds can be a nuisance and stuff like that you know that's that's I think maybe a norm that most people know and you know in japan it's very most like places where people live is very compact you'll get bird feces and stuff like that people don't want it but what you're saying is totally true you know it's not their natural diet and you know you kind of you know you'll switch their behavior right because you know there's like oh i can get food here you know animals wildlife they're gonna go the easiest way to survive right you know they're gonna find shelter find food find a mate you know that's how animals work you know that's that's their their three core needs right find food find shelter find a mate maybe four take care of my babies you know that kind of thing but um you know if you start giving them an easy way to get constant access to food they're gonna keep coming keep coming and not get a natural diet and it's just on the long run not good for them you know so we don't we don't want to feed or put any we get that asked quite a bit do you put like bait in front of your trail cameras like no 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 way we don't want to do anything like that you know I have found like a fruit tree, right? I found a natural fruit tree that is in, in the forest. I'm like, heck yes, this is a hot spot because the animals are going to come eat the fruit, you know? Yeah. 
No, that yeah. sounds perfect. Uh, mm -hmm. Find mm -hmm. somewhere they normally find food and set up your mm -hmm. camera there. That sounds ideal. Yeah. Uh, yep. Before before I forget, you want to yeah. show your most popular video on YouTube, which introduces sure. what you guys do. That'd be yeah, we can do that. Yeah, it. it's kind of like our our um, our channel trailer. So it basically kind of gives a very short. Um, introduction to our channel most of our videos actually all of our videos are natural we don't want to put any like um like music or anything behind them we do put a little bit of text on the screen every once in a while just to give some information about the animals but this is kind of the channel trailer um to show showcase what our our channel is about before you kind of dive deep and we literally have hundreds of wildlife videos uh on there so i guess um bear with me um uh, i'm gonna get that kind of going here um present uh, here, I'm still very new to this HAPS uh, platform. Hopefully this is gonna work. Is that showing up there? Is the screen, okay, there it is yeah. right there. I'll make it the central screen, there you okay. go. Okay, very good, so I'll, I'll pull this one up there. Uh, and we'll just kind of uh, put this together. Wombat, Wombat actually put this together, um, uh, the whole video here and, and whatnot. Cause again, as I mentioned earlier, it's a two man team, so we kind of we tackle um, different videos and whatnot. So we'll just, uh, this is about a minute long uh, and we'll just kind of go through and uh, check this out. So here goes nothing. Okay, great. So that's basically kind of just a really quick, short introduction uh, to our channel. Turn that off there. And uh, awesome. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, really good. Really cute. Yeah. And uh, something mm -hmm. that you also do on your channel, which I think mm -hmm. is worth mentioning, you mm -hmm. have monthly competitions. Can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah, we've kind of uh, phased that, that out, but it was definitely a fun kind of series that we did, but we did kind of some trail camera competitions, just very friendly competitions. Like there was no, like you won a prize kind of thing, but it was just kind of a, a competition that uh, Wombat and myself kind of, um, you know, friendly competition between us to push our, push each other to find better spots. You know, we want to, we want to get the better wildlife clips. And we had like a few simple rules, um, like we would set a a certain time period uh, or a time frame. So for for these two weeks, this is the competition uh, period, and we would set out our cameras. So uh, the point system, just to kind of do a very simple uh, rundown on the point system, was you would get one point for each species in the video. So if you got a wild boar in the video, that's one point. If you got a monkey, that's one point. A deer, one point. But if you had kind of two wild boar clips, you'd still only get one point because you just get a species point. Okay. You would also get a point you for... Don't, you don't get mm -hmm. more points if it's a rare sighting? 
So that's, yeah, we never really, we got, I think we did about eight competitions, eight or nine competitions. And we just kind of fizzled out, you know, cause uh, we, we had fun doing it. Um, but it just wasn't taking off too much as, as a, as a series, but, uh, but yeah, we, we thought about it after is like, we should get a rare point, like a rare, um, for a, like a rare animal, like the Japanese night heron that I, that I caught, you know, that would be like a rare point. We never got to that, but, uh, another point would be, uh, multiple animals. So a lot of times we only see like one animal in the shot, but if you get like, you know, maybe two tanuki, like a mating pair, or you get like a, a wild boar and it's, it's babies. So that will get you a, a multiple animal point. So you'll get multiple animals in the shot. So that get, that'll get you a point. Uh, you also get like multiple species. So if you get like a wild boar and like a crow or something like that, you get like two, uh, different, uh, wild do two different types of wildlife in the same area at the same time in the shot that will get you a point we had camera interaction so if the the, the animal would come up to the camera uh scratch it sniff it or do something like that that would get you one point uh and then we also had um uh, interesting behavior points so a lot of times with the trail cameras you'll just get walk by so you know it's kind of the, the animals will just be walking by and they just kind of walk by and that's great we we enjoy viewing that but we also wanted to see interesting behavior so for instance like maybe some an animal caught uh caught uh, some some food or something like like a tanuki caught a worm and is like nibbling it or um maybe i caught a uh some tanuki um kind of scuffling a little fight uh, in one of my videos. So they were kind of probably fighting for, um, Tanuki are not necessarily territorial, but they will fight over mates and stuff like that, you know, to, you know, show dominance and stuff like that. So I caught a Tanuki fight, which was, uh, an interesting behavior point. So that's kind of the points. And, and in the video, we would kind of rank like, um, you know, who had, uh, I had a 13 point video, you know, because you had different, a mixture of those different points. And we would kind of see who had the, who had the better, um the video for that week so it was, it was really fun the main the main goal fun. was to push each other uh, a friendly competition to push yeah. each other to find better spots no, it's yeah. fun it's nice yeah. to have competitions on youtube yeah, uh, thanks for joining chris and dan uh mm -hmm. from haps great to see you guys here uh, we have a question from sure. hey mo on mm -hmm. youtube so dan with that fruit tree do you place the camera on the fruit tree or in another tree looking at the fruit tree good question yeah, for sure. Thanks, Mo, for the question. It all depends. I kind of like what I was talking about before is that, you know, we're using trees. We're, we're basically strapping these to trees with just kind of uh, some industrial kind of straps and whatnot. So it depends on what is in that area. If the only tree in that area is that fruit tree, I have no choice. I have to put it on that fruit tree. But if there's another kind of tree in the area that's facing that that fruit tree, um, we'll, we'll, we're definitely try to be, you know, try to find the best shot as, as, as possible. I'll kind of open this up really quick. Um, but how they kind of open up here is they have like a little screen right here, little, uh, LCD, uh, screen here. I'll turn it on and maybe you'll be able to see it. I'm not sure you can kind of see a little bit there. So you can kind of see, you can kind of see that, you know, I'll put my hand right there. I don't know. It has a little bit of a screen right there so I can see what it's pointed at right i can see what it is and i can uh, i can set up the um turn that off get it out of the way i can see how i can compose the shot right because we want to get a good amount of nature uh in there like a very beautiful shot uh as well as you know find an area that animals are gonna go because you can get a, a very well composed shot 
with amazing nature in there, but the animals aren't going past. So, but yeah, so it just kind of depends on where the fruit tree is and what are the other trees. Uh, I've hooked it to a big rock one time. There was a very sturdy rock that I could, I could, I could put it to. Um, and sometimes again, like you'll have an amazing spot. You're like, this spot is going to be amazing, but there's no trees. There's no angle, no angle. And we just have to give up on it. And there's plenty of woods, you know, we just kind of, we meander through the woods and we find a, find us uh, a spot. We use GPS. So we never get lost. You know, people are like, Oh, don't you guys get lost? It's like, well, I mean, we, we, we're going out every single weekend, you know, literally every single weekend because that's a between- really good point mm-hmm. though. Right. Like sometimes you can't locate your car keys in the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes can you not locate where you left the camera in the forest? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. That's great that you asked. It it goes right on right on par with kind of uh, the GPS that we use. So we'll 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 drop a pin. We'll drop a pin to where our our uh, locations are, uh, where our trail cameras are. So we we'd never we've never lost a trail cam. We've uh, wombat actually. We've had uh, cameras in very similar areas to where I would go out and excuse me. I would check one of my cameras and he said, Hey, check my camera while you're there, but I didn't place it. So we'll definitely use kind of technology. We'll use the cell phone to, to drop a pin right to my camera. Right. Uh, and he'll send me, and you kind of have a mental map. You're like, okay, I remember this fallen tree. I remember this big rock. I remember, you know, kind of this, you know, this, this landscape, very unique feature. And you can find your cam because you checked there and you found it. Right. But then when I had to find Wombat's cam, it was really fun. Uh, uh, it's like a scavenger hunt, you know, kind of like geocaching. If that's, I think there's a lot of people that still doing that Geo, geocaching caching. I don't know if I'm saying that right, where you just try to find that, that pin, you know? So it was really fun to find his, but we've never had a problem finding our, you know, misplacing our cameras, uh, whatnot. Every once in a while, you're like, wait, wait, here, here. Oh no, did the camera get stolen? But we're like, oh nope, there it is. So, uh, it's it's really really fun, you know, to to, to go out so there. Cool. And we, yeah, are we there, put them. Are there any cameras that you could like connect with an app on your phone and actually see? what's yep. being captured live is that possible definitely yeah they have cellular tra- trail cameras cellular trail cameras where they will actually send when your trail camera is triggered it will send um a a picture or uh it will send a notification to you that you know something has triggered your, your camera because another thing that people can use these for uh the um the cellular ones is uh for security for security as well so you can use these as security cameras as well and some trail cameras market themselves as kind of a mobile uh, a mobile security system that doesn't have to be kind of wired in um, and, and whatnot. So there are uh, trail cameras like that. We don't use any of those. Um, we we like the aspect of you know part of the part of the fun is just not knowing you know just the excitement of you're trekking out in the woods and we we go to a lot of very popular kind of hiking trails but we go off the trail obviously we don't want to put it on the trail because you know we just don't want people we don't want to get people I've gotten people on our trail cameras before um, but we we don't want humans you know that, that's the, the the thing but we'll go off the trail um, and, and whatnot I lost my train of thought. <laughs> But um, so talking about having a live live feed. Oh, from live, your live feed. Yeah. So part of the fun is putting it out, you know, thinking you found an amazing, amazing spot and coming back in about, you know, two to three weeks, you know, four weeks and seeing what it caught. You know, it's just that excitement, you know, along with that meme, you know, kind of, you know, checking your camera trail camera for the first time, check your trail camera for the 7597th time. It's still amazing to open it up. 
and just see, oh, wow, I got this amazing clip, very unique clip and stuff like that. You know, it's that's cool. It, it's just Can amazing. You talk, you about, know? talk about mm -hmm. the editing process a little bit, sure. because you must have so mm -hmm. much footage. Um, oh, yeah. Do you use special software to edit it down? Uh, what's yeah. your process? How long do you spend editing? Yeah, of course. You know, we've gotten very, we've streamlined it. You know, we know we've kind of really, because we have hundreds of videos, right? And I think I've seen a little bit of an adaptation from what, you know, what our channel used to be a year ago and what it is now. But uh, we definitely have hundreds, hundreds of clips. You know, I will go check a trail camera that's been out for a month and I will have, you know, a, a good, like Wombat, I think Wombat one time, he had over a hundred some odd clips you know, hundreds of, of clips. He found an amazing spot with just a lot of activity. So um, what we'll do is we'll just pull it into, I use, um, I'm, I'm an Apple user, so I use Mac. I have, um, what is it? Um, what is the program? I open it every single day. I forget the name. Um, um, editing software. It's the paid one. Uh, Final Cut Pro. I use Final Cut Pro uh, to kind of cut my videos. So I'll kind of go through. Uh, one thing with these trail cameras, you kind of get false triggers. You might get a false trigger to where um, the animal will trigger the sensor, but it might not necessarily go through the frame. Right. So we'll just kind of preview it from there. Obviously, we're not going to use that. So we just boom, trash that. And we try to go through and choose um, clips that are going to be visually interesting. Right. Because we do get a lot of, you know, you know, I, you'll get like a wild boar that spends 45 minutes in a, in, you know, an area and you get like 40 some odd clips of that. You don't need to see 45 minutes of a board just kind of hanging around so we kind of we go through and filter we try to pick out the most interesting visually interesting uh clips you know like that when you're showing right there that tanuki i think it dives into a little hole right there oh it jumped right up there okay i think i think it goes into the hole i remember this clip yeah it goes down into this little hole i think this is wombat's uh video but he he found this uh this hole and he's like i bet I bet some sort of like wildlife, like a badger or, um, you know, Taniki or raccoon is using that. So that's why he said it. That's, that's why the trail camera is in that location because we're like, ah, we want to see what goes in and out of this hole, you know? Um, so yeah, we just kind of, we go through, you know, sometimes we have a bunch of clips and sometimes you'll get out to a camera and you have four clips and you're like, Duh, you know? Uh, and that happens. That's why we have multiple cameras between both of us. We have, we have 10 trail cameras out. We have 10 trail cameras in a bunch of different locations. So it kind of guarantees that we are going to get, um, footage. Um, in the beginning, we only had a couple trail cameras each. And sometimes we're like, I don't know. Cause we, we upload weekly. We upload a video every single week and we haven't broken schedule for a full year. Every single week we're uploading something. Um, but there have been times and it's more of the winter in the winter where animal or animals are less active um, because it's colder, they're trying to preserve a lot of their energy uh, and whatnot there. You'll get less clips, right? But there've been times where like, I don't know, Wombat, I might not have a video, uh, you know, or he'd be like, Dan, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to have a video this week, but we've always been able to like, luckily uh, be able to, to pull some wildlife together uh, to show everybody on YouTube, you know? That's awesome. So, yeah. I'm showing yeah. I'm showing your feed uh, from your Instagram page. Yeah. So you must have to edit down to a certain length or type for Instagram mm -hmm. as well. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah. Are you doing the same kind of edit for Instagram, Facebook, and then the longer edits stay on YouTube? Is that right? 
Yeah, the longer edits are definitely going to go on YouTube. Um, we definitely, for different kind of, uh, you know, platforms for Instagram. And I think the main one we use is Instagram and we use uh, Twitter um, and a little bit of Facebook um, and then uh, YouTube, obviously. So the, our main is YouTube because, again, you know, we get the videos, right? We get the longer videos. So that's our, our, our main platform that we use. But then we, we do put these bite size, uh, these bite size clips of just really, really interesting. And I think this, this Martin catches a, a worm right there. Yep. He caught a worm right there. Um, so these kind of really bite size, very, uh, just, uh, visually interesting clips. We'll put them on, on Instagram and we'll put them on the shorts. We'll put them on the shorts, uh, the YouTube shorts that we talked about earlier, um, to try to, to try to catch uh, a lot of, uh, views there, uh, to show people what, um, what, uh, wildlife is in Japan. There's a Japanese macaque for sure. Ah, Japanese awesome. macaque there. Uh, we yeah. have a, a last question. Uh, what's mm-hmm. the most amazing or surprising video you got oh man that's hard that's hard because (laughs) wombat and i we have another meme that we put up is that you know i forget what it is but it's just something about we share clips with each other like we'll share clips uh back and forth you know here's another good one this is the three-legged raccoon i we named that one lefty lefty the three-legged raccoon so it's just amazing to find you know see wildlife that with like three-legged uh raccoon there it probably got itself caught in a leg trap um but that's how how it lost it there but uh, again it's the meme that i'm talking about is wombat and i share clips all the time like we'll just send clips through like like line or facebook or, or just any way that we normally communicate and we're just like wow that's amazing you know we just think it's it's so much fun and it's hard it's hard we've gotten so many amazing clips when we first got monkeys we were searching for monkeys for the longest time uh, trying to find an area and when we first got monkeys we we're like yes we got monkeys you know so that was really cool uh and just any any kind of amazing just really like this beautiful clip that you have on on screen right there when the animal nine times out of ten our videos are going to be at night um, a lot of the animals you know because of the cover of night they feel more comfortable uh and whatnot and less exposed, I guess you'd say. So when we get like beautiful day shots, those are some of our our favorites, you know, getting these beautiful daytime shots of the animals uh, and whatnot and the deer. So it is super hard. We it is it would be impossible for us to to kind of narrow it down to to one or two. This one actually kind of blew up a little bit on our uh, our our channel um, in India, of all places. I don't know why India was uh, very, very interested in, in this uh, clip of the wild boar. Um, just wallering, you know, taking, talking about, uh, taking a bath, you know, hanging around in the mud. So clips like these, clips like these are some of our favorites for sure. I love, I love this one as well. It shows Mm -hmm. how much character and personality the boars have. They definitely do. When you, what you guys are doing, capturing them in their Mm -hmm. natural habitat, Mm -hmm. when there's no people around, you're Mm -hmm. kind of it's such a magical way to capture them. So I, I'm so glad that we got to talk to you today and promote some of the great work that you guys are doing. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, no, it's it's been a pleasure to to share the wildlife. We we always enjoy, you know, um, you know, showing a different side of Japan that most people uh, don't see. And it's very relaxing videos. And it's not very high pace and, uh, you know, a lot of flashy stuff. You know, we're just kind of showing what's going on in the forests in, you know, in the in the rural areas of Japan. So we always we always love uh, doing that. So definitely it sounds like we're getting ready to end here. So definitely check us out. Um, Japan Trail Camp on YouTube. 
lots of good fun uh, videos uh, there every week. We, we upload a couple videos every single week, um, mostly on Saturdays and whatnot. And uh, we just we just enjoy wildlife and we just want to share more Japanese wildlife or wildlife uh, from Japan uh, to as many people as possible. So. Yeah. Well, Definitely. thank you so much, Dan. And big thanks to the other Dan who couldn't join mm-hmm. us today. Well and well uh, well look bad. forward mm-hmm. to following you guys' adventures and keep up the great work. Thank you. Of course. Thanks again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, everybody, for all the great comments and questions. And definitely subscribe to Japan Trail Cam on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah. Did I miss anything? Uh, Twitter, but uh, whatever. Mainly the YouTube channel. That's where our our core activity is. And that's where you're going to find literally hundreds of wildlife videos. So Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Thank you. Thank you so much. Everybody have a great weekend and uh, go explore some nature. Of course. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye. Matane.